for one, one of the things people say is um, your work doesn't work and your work will speak for you. Tech doesn't work that way. You know, um, you have to, yeah, no, like your work, your work would not just speak for you. Because one thing we need to put in perspective is, I mean, this is what I tell myself, the number of people that can do what you're doing right now are in their thousands. That is the truth. Like there is no, you're not that's special. scary. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like you're not necessarily special. You know, that's that's the first thing you have to like admit. You know, it's not exactly a sad truth, but it's just what it is. Like um, the number of people that can that are as proficient as you are, are a lot of them. So your work will probably not just speak for you. You have to do a couple of things. Um, people don't tell you in tech you need an insane amount of luck to have a very good successful career. You need an insane, and I don't need just luck. I mean an insane mm. amount of luck, right? Like, a whole lot of variables, a lot of things need to align for you, right? And your hard work is really great. It's probably 60% of the whole thing, right? So there are a million and one things you can't control. You're listening to Break Hives Podcast. And I'm your host, Zucker. Hi, guys. So um, this is another episode of the Break Hive Podcast. And as usual, um, we'll be talking about... Um, we've been discussing... Uh, our tech series on how to get into tech and possibly how you can benefit from a tech career. Today, we have an interesting guest, um, Michael. Michael is a software engineer who is currently in Germany, of course, in Nigeria. And I'm sure from his world of experience, uh, based on the... So on the first episode, on the very first episode, we had Adi. Adi is a digital marketer. And Michael and Adi have done some work together. And based on Adi's, Adi's um, verdict, I understand that Michael has certain information that most of us that are outside the tech space would like to hear before you make the choice to become a tech bro in quotes. Now, I don't know if there's any phrase for ladies in tech, maybe they call them texties, but nevertheless, I'm sure today's discussion will be quite interesting. Uh, Michael, would you just say something about yourself before we um, proceed? All right. Thanks. Thanks, Jeffrey. Um, thanks for the introduction also. Uh, yeah. Um, thanks. Thanks for inviting me. Um, yeah. For me, I'm Michael. I think I'm Michael. The, the full name, um, based in Berlin, Germany. I'm a software engineer. I think I've been doing software engineering for about five, six years now, or six, seven years. I can't I can put a tag to it. Um, that's a long time. Oh, yeah, actually. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I have a degree in civil engineering, nothing software-related, so I just kind of, like, pivoted like most people. I think that's... At what point? At what point did you pivot? Oh, no, yeah, it was, it was doing... Um, so there is this in engineering, the faculty of engineering, there is this internship you do um, in your fourth year in school. Uh, so I did my internship in civil engineering and I didn't just see myself doing it long term. You know, I didn't see myself doing civil engineering the next 10 years. I had a couple of my friends that were in computer science then and they were already coding. Yeah, so I pretty much started with them then. Nothing serious at that, at that point, but yeah. Okay. All right. So I'll, so when you finished uni, you you didn't get a job as a civil engineer. No, actually, for a job as a civil engineer. Oh, of course not. So so basically, I had like this plan for myself that I was going to do my NYC in a software engineering firm because I knew that was like the only way for me to have like an head start 
over people that actually have yeah. a degree. So there is this, there is, you know, there is this break, this time you have between actually finishing exams and going for your service here about six yeah. months. So, yeah. So luckily I had like enough time. I had six months and I pretty much used, you know, that six months then to actually learn. It was very intense, actually. Like I was coding for 10 to 12. I'm not even exaggerating every day um, because the plan was I needed to get a job by, you know, I needed to get a, uh, they call it PPA. That wasn't like in software. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's primary as, assignment. As, assignment, exactly. So that was like my goal. Like, I don't want to teach physics in secondary school. I don't want to teach yeah. chemistry. I don't want to do civil engineering. I wanted to do software then. But yeah, luckily for me, I got a job then. Yeah, that's great. Fantastic. So, but then I'm sure you must have put in a lot of work to be able to land the job. Oh, yeah. After, just within that period. I know, yeah. I, I try as much as possible not to even under... I mean, it's easy to say, ah, oh, it wasn't that tough. It was really tough. Um, I I mean, just like I previously said, I was coding for hours every day, but I had a couple of things on my side. Um, to start with, I had constant power supply. You know, as I then, I was still with my brother, so I had, like, con- constant power supply. I had a very good laptop. This is a privilege that most people don't have, which I understand. Thank and I had much. friends and had mentors but- that were already, like, senior engineers at that point mm-hmm. i'm not sure i think most people have laptops now maybe back then it wasn't necessarily as common ah yeah no that makes sense then yeah, yeah. i mean back then it wasn't it wasn't i mean back then even if you had a laptop it was probably not a good laptop right but yeah i think now it's everyone has a laptop everyone has a mark now yeah no no not everyone has a mark everyone oh, has okay. a laptop <laughs> everyone has a laptop then <laughs> I think that's one challenge about um I think that's one challenge about coding. If mm-hmm. you are going to code for for the Macintosh software, you have to have a Mac. No, that's that's not true. Um you can really? actually use yeah, you don't necessarily need yeah, you don't necessarily need a Mac to code. I have people that are have years of experience that don't even they don't even like Mac, they don't like the iOS. You could actually do well with Linux, um, maybe Ubuntu um the ios um the i um i said the ios the what's it called operating system rather the os exactly yeah so you can actually do it in but the problem with that is it's not as easy or as it's very flexible but the user experience is not great right like it's not (laughs) it's not that enticing you know for a beginner you would struggle a lot when i hear um some people say they okay so i i see that some people who use Ubuntu probably partition their hard disk and have yeah. um windows. They also have windows and they have yeah. I just wonder why why exactly would one want to use Ubuntu? Oh I'm I'm one of those people actually that partitioned their laptops there because I didn't I didn't start with a Mac. Um yeah I mean the thing is Ubuntu is good because it gives a little of so for example the operating system um on Mac Based, aside from the operating system, right? Both Mac and Ubuntu Linux, they, they both run on Unix systems, right? So meaning the yeah. commands you will run on a Mac and the commands you will run on an Ubuntu will most likely be the same, right? So Ubuntu okay. is your closest to developing real... I mean, you could also use um, Microsoft, right, OS, if you're into some Microsoft application, but it's just very easier for some people like me to just use a Unix-based laptop because some of the servers are also Linux-based, right? So it's it's just very okay. easy, you know, for you to replicate what you have in your servers. But it's not a showstopper for beginners. Yeah. Okay, then. <laughs> I, I still don't know what it looks like. 
maybe <laughs> when I try it out. Yeah, I mean, I don't see myself going back to lineups anyway. It was stressful then. Well, thankfully. Thankfully, we've upgraded. Well, I mean, not necessarily. To be honest, I know people will listen to this and say, not necessarily an upgrade. It's mostly preference kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's preference-based. People do well with Windows. People do well with Linux. People do well with... Yeah, it's just preference, to be honest. And depending on what kind of... So there is software engineering. There is DevOps. There's SRE. Depending on what you're doing, you know, you might not necessarily, depending on the kind of applications I even build in, you might not necessarily even need a Mac, to be honest. Yeah, I see. All right, so we'll get right into it. Okay, firstly, where are you working now? Are you freelancing? Are you working in a company? Was it the company that got you to go to Germany? Or did you just, you know how many tech guys just relocate regardless of, um, the job they're doing, even if their job doesn't require it, they just relocate because of preference or because um, it's more, because it can. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, for me, trying not to divulge too many personal information. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, but, like, I pretty much, uh, my job kind of, like, relocated me to Germany. I was working for a U.S. company before then, um, mm-hmm. but then I think it was after the entrance thing, I decided, okay, working and ending <laughs> might not be enough i might actually decide to leave so but it's not i mean just one of those things we're talking about right like getting a company that would relocate is never the problem it's a big bet on the company side right like getting a job is the first thing then getting them mm-hmm. to relocate you um if you're not careful you get some kind of clauses on your visa meaning you can't do any other job and any other thing thankfully for me for I didn't a few have, years exactly thankfully i didn't i didn't have those clauses you know um but yeah those are the things you pretty much face but the company i joined is where i'm still at it's actually a great place to be honest it's, it's, and i mean i i live in germany right now i'm based in germany yeah. the work-life balance is amazing and that's like one of the things i love about this place so yeah yeah Most you know uh the cto of um, my um, my startup yeah christian he's also in germany and it seems to be a good place no, it's I, I don't know. I, I don't know if getting jobs there as a tech person is easy because I find that a lot of guys are there. Um, I mean, it's to be honest, like that's the problem, right? Like, there's a whole lot of nuances to it, right? Like, tech job overall is you have more jobs um in supply, right? Um, and um, so the thing is, it's very easy to get a job if you're proficient enough. The problem is for most of these countries, they don't necessarily employ junior folks. Many of them don't even employ mid-level folks. Some do now because of the you know the way the world is moving. They usually just employ like senior folks, you know, like senior guys that they can bring over, you know, because of the whole visa process. So you're taking a better bet on bringing a senior over. So if you're gonna like somebody who has like, enough experience exactly, and expertise, like, you don't want someone that you teach. You know, you want someone that will come in. And I'll get and teach you and just yeah, so you're literally else, an expatriate. Exactly, something like yeah, that's that's what it's called. Um, so that's what they look for, and depending on the kind of company, so depending on the kind of job, so there are a lot of nuances to it. But generally, um, moving to Germany or whatever country or the Netherlands or United States is, I mean, it's not that hard if you have the skill. I'll just put it like okay. that. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, I'd like us to start with um, there are some meets in, in the tech space. I mean, yeah. there's a meet around the technology or being a tech professional. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for example, most people think you have to be geeky or you have to be a nerd right. to, to be proficient in programming or you have to be super intelligent yeah. to even work in the tech space. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, and I mean, many people also think that all tech companies are just similar in the things that they do. Yeah. Like a tech company, this tech company A and tech company B, even if they're in different sectors, probably have mm-hmm. the same um, culture and everything. Yeah. And do you think, that, is it exactly like that? I, of, of, yeah, I mean, obviously not. A whole lot of things that you've, you've said are not exactly that accurate. Um, and they're just myths, just like you said, in tech. They're just things people think based on what they see. Um, I mean, <laughs> I can think of a million and one you know, things that people say in tech that are very laughable. Um, I mean, for one, one of the things people say is um, your work doesn't work and your work will speak for you. Tech doesn't work that way. You know, um, really? you have to, yeah, no, like your work, your work would not just speak for you. Because one thing we need to put in perspective is, I mean, this is what I tell myself, the number of people that can do what you're doing right now are in their thousands. That is the truth. Like there is no, you're not that's special. scary. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like you're not necessarily special. You know, that's, that's the first thing you have to like admit, you know, it's not exactly a sad truth, but it's just what it is. Like um, the number of people that can, that are as proficient as you are, a lot of them. So your work will probably not just speak for you. You have to do a couple of things. Um, I had I had this friend that I used to call he used to call these things career capital, right? Things you do outside your core experience, right? Um, things like probably having tutorials that you do, um, having a blog post, you know, mm-hmm. being active on social media is even a thing, you know, um, publishing articles, publishing packages. Those are things you can actually do. Communicating properly, you know. Um, to be honest, like, I mean, I can't, when was the last time I did an interview? It's been a while, but I don't see myself feeling like, feeling like the first two, three stages of interviews because those things are repetitive in nature. Those are things you have to learn. And those things are not exactly, they don't necessarily exactly have to do with your experience, right? I've done a couple of interviews for people um, this year based on, like, my, my work and all that. And people literally fail interviews not because they are not exactly proficient you know so your work speaking for you saying just be good at your job is definitely not sufficient definitely definitely not sufficient um you have a million and one skills that are as important that are like way way important right so you still need to sell yourself yeah you need to be good at those things actually you know (laughs) you see someone that hands twice your salary and they're not exactly as half as good as you are, but oh my goodness, exactly they're compensating for it in other ways. Hmm. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. Um, one of the ones you also mentioned is um, everyone tech is smart. That's a lie. Like if you've, <laughs> I'm calling the lie because <laughs> you realize that people are not exactly that smart. I mean, even some of the people that we call our, you know, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not going to mention names, but some of the people you think are really really smart, even in the global scene. You realize that they say a lot of weird things that you shouldn't be saying this. You realize that a whole lot of people are not just smart. They're just probably, you know, and it's just like every last No, not exactly opportunity, right? I'm not going to downplay, downplay intelligence. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but it's just like every last you, right? Like if I play the guitar enough, I would be good at playing the guitar, right? Mm. If, I, if I sing enough, no matter how terrible I am, at some point, I will, maybe I won't be exceptional, but I'll be able to perform, you know? Tech yeah. is almost like it, right? Like, 
I mean, there is interest, right? Oh, you're a wish, are so good. But it's a matter of you can actually also learn. Like the difference between those so-called smart guys in the room and other people is the fact that they paid more attention to it. To be honest, like I have, I say it, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't dull in school. I was pretty smart, but if I can code at this high level that I am right now for my experience, then I think anyone can. You know, so it's yeah. the fact that people think all oh, tech people are like the smartest. You know, we are the best that has ever happened after jollof rice. You know, it's it's not necessarily true. After jollof rice. <laughs> okay, so what what's the before we continue on the line of what tech bros know about tech that people don't know, what they don't tell you about? Yeah. Tech. Um. What do you think is the most interesting part of being a tech bro? I mean, I mean, I don't like to call myself a tech bro because that name has been has been used in a very a bad context. Bad. Exactly. <laughs> it has been used in a very weird way, but it's fine. I think the most interesting thing, I mean, it changes, right? I think one of the things that are kind of like interesting for me right now is the respect that you have, the global respect and recognition that you have, right? This is outside the flexibility or whatever, but like I've had places where all I needed to say was, all I needed to say was, I'm a software engineer, and um, the you're almost like a celebrity. Exactly, the reception kind of changed. And I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking in global sense. I'm talking, yeah. um, I'm talking in immigration. So I was, I mean, I was, good, I was at the U.S. border sometimes this year. And uh, what do you do for a living? And I just said software engineer, and they're like, oh, welcome. You know, for ex- they just assume that you're responsible. I don't even know. Mm. It, it used to be like the lawyer and doctor of. 10 years ago, yeah. you know, when you say, I'm a lawyer, I was, ah, this person is prestigious, you know, this person is responsible, I'm a doctor, ah, he he's saving life. Nuisance, he cannot be ex- a nuisance in ex- country. Exactly, that is where tech is right now, and I think it's very incredible, like, you know, when you get stopped by the police, and they say, what do you do for a living, and you say, I'm a software engineer, well, not Nigerian police anyway, but <laughs> I'm sorry. Nigerian <laughs> police, you see, they'll probably tell you that it's an excuse for being <laughs> for being a fraudster. You know, Nigerian yeah. police probably say that, but I mean, you have this global recognition. People tend to respect you, which is good. You know, you you are you are kind of like respected in a way, which is which is like my favorite thing now. I would I'll confess. Uh, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> the the other the other parts of um the other tech careers yeah that probably don't have as much prestige right for example if you say you are a copywriter yeah. I'm not sure you're, not, you're going to get that same recognition um, mm. to be honest I think perception is even greater than reality right like um so even if you're a copywriter there's a way you would say you're a copywriter that would give that will still give that level of you know that will put that level of importance on your work for example i don't tell people i'm I'm not a software developer i'm not a i'm not you know i'm a software engineer and um it's there's a way you say it you know there's a way you mention your company that people take you a little bit seriously instead of saying i'm a programmer or yeah i mean yeah programmer programmer is not exactly position it's not a professional work yeah i don't know you understand it's like an you get what i mean the professional name is software engineering, or in some cases, maybe software developer. So there's a way you would say it. A copywriter is like a professional work, but there's a way you would say, oh, I do copywriting. Exactly. So perception in cases like this is actually even greater than what you do, you know. Hmm. 
you would see some LinkedIn profile and you think they are the president of the United States, but it's just something basic. They package it the way that you would. Because you see someone doing industrial training and exactly. you, you sound better than someone who has been working for 10 years. Exactly. So perception is, yeah, in this context, perception is also very important. Okay, so um, so to the core now is yeah. what are the things that um, people in tech don't necessarily tell? I mean, it looks glamorous and interesting and people want the prestige yeah. and celebrity status of being in tech, but what are the things that are not necessarily attractive, but you just don't have a choice? They come with the space. Yeah. Um, a couple of things. Uh, to start with, I think tech is a very toxic. The tech we have right now is really toxic. Um, I'm, yeah. You know, How do you mean? You, yeah, I'm going to explain. When you come on Twitter, um, for example, people talk about how interviews are bad. You should do interviews better. You know, you know Twitter is like a bubble. You know, but when you work for actual companies, you realize that there can be a toxic place. Um, some engineers are really rude. Um, if you are just starting off in your career, you would have to do and take a lot of things, a lot of things that probably people in other uh, careers don't. Um, I mean, I'm talking from experience. I, when I was working, when I started off, I used to, I mean, now that I think about it, it was really horrible, but like, you know, I used to stay at the office for a week. Sometimes we don't go home on Fridays. We walk to, you know, Monday. Uh, my mm. office was in VI then. We go and buy shirts in Obali. We did it with so much joy, you know, because we were so excited about it. But that's, that's toxic, right? Um, you're really paranoid. You are you have anxiety. Yeah. You can, um, I mean, you can lose your job at any point. Of rest. Exactly, right? Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, other fields are a little bit more stabilized in this sense but for tech you know it's it's not as there is not a lot of we do have a lot of control per se so i think one of the things you know is there is a especially when you're starting off tech itself can be toxic um you can be taken advantage of and no one no one actually says it because no one likes to talk talk about you know those specific experiences that they had right like everyone just wants to say oh i got a new job and i'm starting off on a new role right um that is that is one bad thing about tech that I would that is one of the things that are like insane about tech. Um I think it's because I think it's because they create this um they create they glorify the idea of being plugged in two for seven. It's, you know, it's ridiculous, yeah. I could 20 hours a day, I could exactly. 17 hours. Everybody's trying to um beat the other person. So yeah. even if you have a space where you are supposed to work nine to five. Yeah, but when you see other engineers or other people working late into the night, you are almost compelled. Yeah, to replicate their own um, culture. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And um, I mean, to be fair, when you're starting off, you probably need this as a boost. To be honest, but it can be way better than it is, right? Like, you you probably need to work twice as hard, but hard work does not necessarily have to be toxic. You know, that's 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 the problem with tech, right? Like what the term hard work sometimes can be toxic. And for me, I'm talking in the context of the Nigerian context at large, the African context at large. Just like I said, Germany has a different work life. You know, it's a little bit different in Germany. And in other places, in the US, it's also like this, a little bit toxic in the US too. Um, so it's, 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 it's just that you can get away with things like this in tech. 
you know, thinking about it. it. Mm-hmm. Okay, go on, go on, please. Yeah, I mean, but also it's there is no balance to it, right? Like you can't say, oh, don't let people work hard. You know, I, I don't know how to put a balance to it. I feel like it's largely because, and I and 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 that's probably why we have startups growing at the pace that they're growing now. Yeah, I I feel in the American space. The Nigerian tech space is almost, it's almost trying to imitate the American tech space. Exactly. Where you receive funding. Most startups are, most startups are just coming up yeah. and seeking funding. Once you receive funding, there is, a, there is a need to justify the reason for that money. Yeah. So yeah. you grow really fast. And yeah. because of that, you're only willing to even hire people that are ready to work as exactly. much as the founder itself. I think that might be the challenge, and I'm not sure how that is going to be solved. Most accelerator programs even tell you that the, the period when you're going to be there, you're going to work as hard. And in fact, yeah. founders are happy mm-hmm. that hard. Doing that, yeah. That means that you now expect the people you employ to work just as hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Gary V. Gary V said this like as I mean as a as maybe as an employer you know you should not expect employees to work if they don't have stake in the company if they if they don't own the percentage of the company stock option or something they don't have an incentive to go twice as hard all right like it makes no sense for you to explain I them I, 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 talk, I think you should talk about that stock option because I've heard it giving stock option and then people getting sidelined at the end of the day I don't know I don't know if you have friends who have had that experience uh, well or if you know firsthand what it feels like uh, well i mean i feel like i've been on both sides um i have friends that are ceos i also have friends that are like working for people um yeah. i think i think the only i think the challenge is um we don't we don't exactly get enough information and we don't involve enough lawyers right like you sign contracts you don't give a lawyer to proofread it you know mm-hmm. these things are not exactly pe- peculiar to the nigerian space or the African tech space. It's a general problem. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's the problem is just that they give you a contract, you don't read it, you don't give a lawyer to read. For because you're too excited. Exactly, because you're too excited. You know? so in most cases, those things are written there. It's just that you need a lawyer or you need a legal practitioner to read in between the lines for you. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't, don't have that. Well, you know, you mentioned earlier that this space is really competitive and there are so many other people who can do what you're doing. Yeah, so I mean... too long on, on the contract. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> to be honest... Yeah, yeah. I think, to be honest, um, many of these problems that I'm really highlighting now, they're just problems you face in your, like, early stages, right? Like, I mean, I can't remember... I can't imagine, not to sound weird, but I can't imagine going through some of those things anymore. Like, I've... I worked in the company for a week because I didn't like it there. Yeah, I can afford to do that right now because I am... You paid your dues. Exactly, right? Like, I can get a job at any point in time that I want to, at any point in time. Um, So, I just... Many of these things are really peculiar to people starting off, which makes it really sad because it makes it really difficult for people to actually break into um, tech itself. And, I mean, it's a bummer. Yeah, and also, one of of those things... um, Do you mind if I list something else? Yeah, go on, go on, please. Oh, That's why we're here. Awesome. One of those things is um, people don't tell you in tech, you need an insane amount of luck to have a very good, successful career. You need an insane, and I don't need just luck. I mean, an insane mm. amount of luck, right? Like, 
a whole lot of variables, a lot of things need to align for you, right? And your ad work is really great. It's probably 60% of the whole thing, right? So there are a million and one things you can't control. I saw a tweet about maybe a week or a couple of days ago. A lady left her job after 11 months to join like a new company. And um, they laid her off, I think, two weeks after or three weeks uh, after. Two yeah, weeks. I think I yeah. saw that tweet. You know, Something in climate. Exactly, exactly. I think her name is Cynthia. Exactly, yeah. I can yeah. Like, look at that level of coincidence. I've had, I've had a lot of bad things happen to me with some coincidence. I can't even, I can't even begin to give you details. You, you would, you would open your mouth like, how, how did that I, I, I should have really taken that offer based on it's obviously better than where she was of, before. Obviously, right? Exactly. So, you need an insane amount of luck. Sometimes, you just get into the right company with the wrong manager or you get to the right company with the wrong time. So, the company that are in there, like a, struggling face or they're building these products or you just meet someone that doesn't like you in the company or the company just lost something like it's there are a million and one things you know and the funny thing is i think for that lady she got into the company they received funding from an investor that wanted yeah. the company to go in a different direction yeah and that new direction they didn't need her exactly so within three weeks she was gone or two weeks exactly. as she said sorry yeah i mean it's it's business at the end of the day right like so it's sometimes it just a whole lot of things just happen and i i know people that just you know they get you know it's it's so i can't even i don't want to cite personal stories of people that i know but it is yeah. really random it is so random like sometimes some people are struggling in tech for years and you're wondering ah it's the same code it's the same languages that we write why not breaking through but they've just been so unlucky i'm serious like it could be as easy as um, some of the jobs I've gotten was someone just entering my DM and saying, oh, I want to work for this company. I've read a profile. I heard from you from someone. Like, okay, nice. And he ended up being a very good role. Some of the jobs I was really, like, intentional about, something somewhere just went wrong, right? Some companies, you join them. As at that point where you're joining them, you, you know, your manager is a very shitty person. Something goes wrong, right? Like, sometimes it's the project. You know, the kind of project you are giving is the kind of project that, they don't ever finish, you know. So, you know, so it's it's you need an insane amount of luck. And my way of working around this that I like to advise people is it's a numbers game, right? Like if you do enough at some point, if you work hard enough, at some point, luck will come on your side. You know, so you don't call it off based on one, two, three experiences. You know, you need a whole lot of things to align at the same time. People don't say it. Right. Um, so, you see people. <laughs> what, what, you're, what you're saying now is a lot of people think once you just get into tech, I just do business analysis or I just do product management, no just way. take one course and then go in and then psst, I'll join the tech bros and start cashing out. No but what you're, explaining, what you're explaining now is you probably put in more work yeah. to, to get to that point where your career becomes attractive. Yeah. And you're probably better off in a more stable, um, stable career paths yeah. in another sector with an upward trajectory yeah. where you can even predict your next move exactly so tech wow. is tech is tech is not that predictable to be honest um and the thing is we have outliers right like people that do really well and so we don't talk about the fact that there are people that are struggling there are people that they've been coding for like 10 years but they will not get a job as a senior engineer anywhere unfortunately, because of the kind of project they've worked on, you know, something like that. Um, there are people that they get a remote gig from Nigeria. They're so excited. They they call it a quit in their Nigerian job. You know, they get a job in the US and they get laid off a month after they start the job. You know, it's, it's, it's that random, you know. Sometimes beginning to question your abilities. 
you know that's that's one thing people don't talk about you need an insane amount of luck to do well in tech i mean as long i mean alongside alongside hard work i feel like a lot of people should hear this yeah listen I mean, to this podcast yeah. <laughs> because you just painted a picture of guy don't just jump calm yeah. down yeah no i mean it's it's no it's it's a little bit tricky right like so for me uh, so one of the things I did in my early stages of my career is when I get a job, nice, congratulations. I just give myself one month to enjoy myself and rest. The following month, I start interviewing again, right? And it doesn't Whoa. mean I want to leave the job immediately. Yeah, it just means... Yeah, you're just number- casting your net. Exactly, right? Like, so anytime anything happens, I always have a recruiter that I can reach out to and say, okay, I'm ready now. I always have an offer, right? Um, then sometimes people, I mean, you're working, but you're not exactly in the interview state. So I put myself in that interview state by doing interviews. So I don't get relaxed in any organization because the top mm. point is tech does not exactly have that stability that we think it does, you know? There, that's something I was going to tell you. So a lot of people here, it's just like people are fascinated about being a co-founder yeah. and growing a unicorn, a $10 million company, $100 million, $500 million. Everybody hears of pre-seed, seed round, yeah. series A, series B, C. And most people don't know that they are probably, those companies are probably one in one million. Yes. There are so many startups yeah. that never make it to daylight. Like most startups, will, yeah. most startups will not even make a dime. And even the startups that eventually raise money, yeah. a ton of them still fail. Yeah. So this is probably the down or ripple effect on job security and yeah. stability for the people who work for these startups. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. that's that's why at every point, you really need to know your stuff, right? Like, you know, you need to be very, very good at your stuff. You need to be like top five or top 10%. Because for the top five and top 10%, all they need to do is just go back on LinkedIn, write a tweet and say, guys, I'm on the job market and the following week, they have a new role. That is like the major difference. Um, uh, you know, I listened to these guys. I, I watched an interview by this guy, um, this Njoku guy. Oh, he yeah, founder, co founder of Lizapi. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how he just updated his LinkedIn one time and he had his messages, his DMs full with people saying, Oh, we are on this project, would you join us? Work and sometimes he would work just two, three hours on yeah. that on that project for. The whole day, and he would be earning thousands of dollars from Nigeria yeah. here. So I just thought about: it. Is it always like this for people? Like, how good do you have to be to be like that? Yeah, do but... I have to pick a niche? How do I know which niche to even pick? Exactly, exactly the point, right? So the point we're making is: some people, all they've done wrong is they pick the wrong tech stack, and the ta- tech stack they pick is no longer in markets. That's that's just. That's all the mistake they've made, you know. And you can't tell, you know, you don't know what will pop in the next five years, you don't know what will pop in the next six years. Like I have, I mean, trying not to divulge too many personal information, but I guys I had guys that were earning, I mean, not to exaggerate, at least 20k every month in Nigeria, right? As developers. And you have the same set of people writing the same code, probably earning like 20, like maybe 250,000 era. You know, look at look at the difference. You know, the Jesus. difference is the difference is insane. You know, and it's just 
Why? Because of the, the because of the startup they choose to work in, or because of the company. Because of the project they started working in. Because of uh. the two, there are a million and one things that like that could influence that. People, people, people picked up data engineering very quickly before data engineering became popular. Those guys were doing well. People in Web three, when Web three was popping, those guys got good jobs. I don't know what's happened to Web three right now. You know, people chose stack that were good. So by the time the need came. They were just the perfect fit for those roles. You understand what I mean? You know, so it's, yeah. it's really, 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 really random. To be so even if they didn't know too much, they would still be fine. They would still pay them because they would still pay them handsomely because there are not many options. What is the so? The, I mean, engineers get paid. Software engineers get paid a lot of money, but software engineers don't do the same work doctors do, right? Like we are not necessarily smarter than everyone in the world. We are not smarter than doctors. We are not smarter than lawyers. You understand what I'm trying to say? Julie, reason you get yeah. paid more is because your industry generates a lot of money, right? Tech skills, yeah, you know. yeah. I build a product, a million people can use it. Each of them pay me one dollar. I have a million dollars already, right? The biggest complaints in the world are tech complaints. For a doctor, a doctor can only operate, or a surgeon can only operate on a patient at a time. You know, so mm. the only difference with tech is like the industry has a lot of money in it because it scales, you know. And so it's not because you're necessarily doing some crazy-ass work that is better than someone mining somewhere. You get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's so random. It's super random. And no one tells so, you this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one tells you this. And that's why it's pretty important to talk to people that have experience. They might not be, they might not be able to predict, but they can make reasonable guesses on what you should focus on for people that are just starting off that people that want to get into tech. I think it's confusing when one gets into when one is trying to get into tech, and I and many many of them are just looking around now for where they can possibly start. So they just think, what is the easiest thing to do? So most people will just do just start um, yeah. with the easy ones, which are project management or yeah. product man product management. Um, what else now? Business analysis, data analysis. Yeah. And I, I don't know if they just consider it as simple because there are many people doing it or because yeah. they think it's in demand now. Well, how easy is it for you to just get to do a course and then start a career in, on this path? And what I are mean, the criteria for them to employ people like that? Tech, I mean, technically, I did the same. I just learned online and I applied. But of course, the time I got into tech and now I have to confess it's more difficult now getting into tech because you have more people. Yeah. So it's I can't even people are working so hard right now and I know how hard they're working to be honest to break into tech. Um I also think that there are like a million and one ways around it, but most times people don't understand that they have to commit enough time to it. People are treating tech as some side job that you do, like it's a full time job, it's mm. a full time role, like it will take your time, you know. You have to do it. You have you to probably have to make a sacrifice. Exactly, right? Like, which a lot of people don't have the luxury for. Understandable. A lot of people don't even have that time. You know, people, you can't tell people to quit their job because they want to do tech. Like, how would they pay the bills before the job comes in? You know? So yeah. it's, it's a little bit tricky, right? But I think people also need to question why they're getting into it. I mean, I've never told people not to get into money because of money. You can get into tech because of money, but just understand that that money will come at a price, you know. As long as you're willing to pay that price, then you'll be fine. But people randomly think, so, you know, I tell people I have a stressful day, they're like, oh, you just sit, it's, 
just sit in front of a computer in thousands of dollars or thousands of whatever. Like you're earning so much money. <laughs> just sit. I mean, I was in Nigeria and people had that impression. I'm like, maybe you should do it then if it's that easy. You know, it's, <laughs> there's a whole lot of, there's a whole lot of, and even development course is not easy exactly yeah like you are doing this and you're sweating which is like the basic the most basic thing ever but it's it's pretty difficult and people don't people don't emphasize that enough i think another thing that most people don't know is people think um once you get a course Mm -hmm. and start um you start coding or start um, be, be, being a being a BE or product manager or whatever, that yeah. that's where it stops. I think there's a lot of similarity between um, being in the tech space and being a doctor. Yeah, they're always like you said. You might pick a stack today, it becomes absolute tomorrow. Yeah, like nobody knows what is happening with Web three now. Exactly. Today, um, being very very fancy, uh, maybe two years ago, we mm-hmm. don't know what it is in two years. Uh, we think that the future is Web3 and blockchain. NFTs were, cre- were like bonkers last year. Nobody's really talking no about NFTs talking about again. <laughs> we don't know what NFT projects they are. And if NFTs even had, if NFT projects had a, a lot of funding then, um, now they are not really funded. So they have probably let go all of their um, engineers. engineers and all of those. So it's really a matter of, and learning constantly and being very flexible because you know that what the skill you have now and might not be relevant. Not not like I mean, there's a baseline of what you need to know, At but there is still a lot of study. Exactly, there's still a lot of study um, along your um, along your path as a person in tech. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, I mean, a good, a very good example is um, so. For example, interviews in tech are even more stressful than the job itself. So every time you want to interview for a job, and I'm talking about big roles, right? Like I'm talking about senior roles. You, only you have need to prepare. prove it. You need to prepare for those interviews at least three months before that time. So you need to go back and yeah. read some basic stuff. It's not because your experience is not there. It's not because you've not built product that millions are using. It is because yeah. past those interviews require a different set of skill, right? And every single day, there is something new to learn, something new to do, and it's, it's actually really, it's, 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 this is one of the reasons why we emphasize people having a very good background. If they have a very good background, then it's probably easier learning these things. But unlike civil engineering, right, if you build enough houses, you probably know how to build houses by now, right? Like you know how to. Yeah. But text not the course. same. You know, like the more you know, the more you need to know. You understand? Like, in fact, the more senior you are, the more you realize that I really don't know anything. You know? It's it's that it's that wide and big. Well, when there are over nine thousand languages, what can one do? Exactly, and, <laughs> the, and the world is over nine thousand programming much. languages. Yeah, the world is advancing so much, right? Like, so you hear there is blockchain today. You hear there is there is always a new technology. There is IoT. I mean, they are trying to take there's the AI. There's AI. There is game development. Like a whole lot of things are going on at the same time. You know, it's it's, it's near impossible for one person to wrap their hand around everything at the same time. Wow. I think we've, we've discussed extensively what yeah. um, what people may not be able to know from the outside about tech. Mm-hmm. And you've been able to give enough um, insights on things to consider before one eventually makes up their decision. So we started the series talking about 
how to get into tech and what roles are within the tech space and which what you probably need to do to get in. And you've helped us or helped the listeners um, have some information about what's inside before you eventually make up that make up your mind on whether to join. So I really appreciate you being on this um, with me today. And I'm pretty sure that would have something else to to bring you on for. Thank you very much, Jeffrey. means a lot. Thank you for bringing me in. That's all for this episode of Rickhive Podcast. If you like us, to give us a rating. Also, you can subscribe on Google and Apple Podcasts. Visit our website on www.rickhive.com.